all the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. I am now about to speak with Janet Ivanovich, and everybody knows that all the books places always list her as the very number one best fiction writer, dark, the comedy, not the comedy writer, the crime writer. How long does it take, Janet, to write a book? Well, you know, to quote Mickey Spillane, how bad do I need the money? Yeah, okay. You don't need any money. So how long does it take? Um, it takes anywhere from um, probably around six months. Um, some of that is just thinking, you know, trying to figure out um, where I'm going to go with the next book, um, what I want to accomplish with it, taking some notes, um, uh, you know, doing a little outlining. I don't I don't have a big outline. And then when I actually start writing, I think it's, you know, maybe four months of uh, straight out writing. What what do you yourself read? Like at Christmas time, I'm storing up 87 books so I can read. What do you read at Christmas time? Cookbooks. I like Why? cookbooks. Why cookbooks? I don't, <laughs> well, I don't read fiction because it interferes with my own writing. You know, I never have downtime. I'm always writing. I stop a book and I start a new one. And when I read fiction, you know, I go to bed at night with that book in my head. And I wake up in the morning with that oh. book in my head and I can't afford to do that. So I read cookbooks. I don't cook. I'm, I'm a, nobody wants to eat my cooking. I defrost. I'm a defroster. But I but I love but I love to read cookbooks. Well tell me how I have to write a column every day and I don't know how I can do it half the time. So tell me, how does an idea come? Are you schlepping around everywhere with scraps of paper in your pocket? How does it come? No, you know, I have lots of ideas. Ideas are not the hard part. The hard part is the nitty-gritty of actually writing and doing a great job of it, you know, making the book easy so my reader doesn't have to work. I mean, that's that's what takes the time, and that's the hard part. It's, you know, it's the skill that's involved. But um, but the ideas, I mean, I, I will never be able to do all of my ideas. I mean, the ideas, I get ideas everywhere. I get it from television, from movies, from real life, from sitting in bars and watching people, from, you know, all of my history, which I have a lot of because I'm pretty old. So, <laughs> Okay, um, these, these, these might seem like dumb questions, but how, if you're sitting in a bar or you're doing anything or you're on a trolley, how does an idea come looking at a person, sitting, seeing somebody? How does an idea formulate? I think all this stuff just goes into my head. I, I think of my head as being a big stew pot, you know, and you throw in all the carrots and the peas and the potatoes and, and some meat and everything in it. And it just kind of cooks up in there. And then I wake up in the morning and I have an idea. It's yeah. observation. It's, 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 um, you know, I mean, writers are voyeurs. We watch people. We're, we're nosy. We snoop. We eavesdrop. And, um, and this is all, you know, it all goes in. I mean, when I'm talking to someone, I'm looking at their feet because I want to see what kind of shoes they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I sort of understand that. Do you remember doing your first book? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first book never got published. Um, and I remember, I remember all, all of that struggle. Um, but the first book that finally did get published 
was, um, you know, romance. And um, I was very insecure. I had no idea, you know, if I was going to be published if because I'd had so much failure up to that point. I mean, it took me 10 years to get published. Had, you mean you had been writing and you hadn't published anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I, I was an overnight success that took 15 years, yeah. What did you do with the stuff that you wrote? Did you not send it to publishers and try? Oh, my God, I sent it to everybody. I, I sent out um, completed manuscripts. I, I, was un, I tried to get published for 10 years, and um, in the beginning it was very strange things because I was a product of the Rutgers art department, you know, so very esoteric, um, incredibly bizarre projects. And then finally, as I became a mom and, um, and a housewife and I was reading romance novels, I moved over into trying to write some of that romance. And that was how I finally got, um, success was writing a romance novel. But it was it was hard. It was and I had by the time I was published, um, I had a huge packing box. Um, I'm not talking shoe box. I'm talking big, huge cardboard box filled with rejection slips. And um, I had given up um, because it had been so long and so difficult. And I took them outside and I sat on the curb in front of my house and I burned them all, which I really regret now because some of them were classic and got a job uh, working as a temp. Um, And I had that job for, I don't know, three, four months, maybe. And um, uh, and got a phone call saying um, that um, somebody wanted to buy my book was the second chance at Loveline. And changed my life forever. Okay, I mean, maybe this sort of sounds dumb, but how come you didn't switch to maybe crocheting or doing something else? Why would you stick to something when you'd had so many rejections? Because I loved doing it. Because it had become incredibly incredibly important to me. And I had this super supportive family who kept saying, you know, you can do it. You know, my two kids who never said... Um, why can't we have expensive sneakers? You know, they said, you know, you don't need to go out and, and get a job. We don't, you know, you can, you can do this. I mean, everybody supported my dream. And it was that the more I wrote, the more I loved writing, the more I wanted to succeed. I want, I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to communicate. I, I wanted to be part of that whole um, community out there of readers and writers and, um, you know, I wanted worldwide success. I just, I just wanted it so bad that, you know, um, it was very difficult to give up. When you started, when you were just young and you had, you had kids, where were you writing? Were you writing on the kitchen table? How were you writing? Did you have a computer? Um, no, in the beginning, and this was so long ago, there, you know, there were no computers. This was, <laughs> um, I, uh, in the beginning, I would, um, I, I wrote by hand, oh, oh, uh, and God. then, uh, and then my husband was teaching at Lafayette college and I would go over at night after the kids were in bed, I would go over to his office at night and use his, um, secretary's selectric typewriter. Uh, oh. and then, <laughs> yes, yes. And, um, and, and that was, you know, the days when, 
you know, you were making carbon copies to send your I know them well, yes. Yes. Uh, And then when I finally sold um, my first book, which was for a huge amount of money, $2,000, I just thought I was so rich. Um, And uh, when I sold that first book, we went into New York um, because um, somebody had told us about this bargain store on Canal Street where you could get a cheap typewriter. (laughs) And we drove in from from New Jersey into Canal Street, and I got my first typewriter all my own. What did you do with the two grand that you got? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I have a feeling at, at that point um, that we were so in debt <laughs> that <laughs> okay, it, just, okay. it just got absorbed, you know, by other things. And the, and the, the thing is, you know, I got $2,000 um, for that first book, but then um, I didn't sell another book for a year, so and I had quit my job. I had quit my my uh, oh, manpower God. job, so we sort of like couldn't buy oranges, you know, for a year. <laughs> but then after the year was up, um, I got a multi. I, I kept submitting, and I got a multiple book contract. I sold three books for I think I don't know twenty one thousand dollars, and I mean that we we just we thought we were just so well off. I mean that was just you know because I mean that was a lot of money. Um, then what I remember is when I made the movie sale and my agent called up at like nine o'clock at night because, you know, that was when the, um, when the bidding had ended on the West coast and told me that I was a millionaire. I mean, that is just engraved in my mind. I mean, that I remember. And What um, what did you do with that money? Um, I, I, I went out first thing next morning. Um, my husband couldn't go on the shopping, um, visit with us because he had a migraine. He was so overwhelmed. (laughs) So, so my son and I went out and what I remember is that I couldn't sleep because I couldn't stop smiling. It's like, you know how you smile so much, your face like freezes. Uh, and, but my son and I went out first thing in the morning and we went to the mall and I couldn't bring myself to spend any money. I mean, when you, when you're, you know, clipping coupons for so many years of your life, and then all of a sudden somebody tells you you have this money, it doesn't matter. You know, you can't change your. So what I ended up buying was this, and this is, you know, perfect towels, new bathroom towels, because all of my towels, you know, when you wash them and you use them, and they get those strings hanging down because I don't have that them. problem. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, well, I'm sure. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. so, yes, I splurged and I bought um, new towels. And then just before the shopping center closed, I got a bread baking machine. Now, oh, nobody <laughs> nobody bothers with it, but that was, you know, and I think I used it three times. So probably each loaf of bread cost me $30 or something. You I don't probably know. still have the same stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, a relic now. It's. What's um, what's so, happening? Yeah, but that was that was amazing. What is happening today with literacy? Are kids reading? Um, yeah, kids are reading. I think adults are not. Um, I think that there's a subset of adults that are reading, um, but to a large extent, um, social has destroyed a lot of that. Um, people. 
don't have the attention span. Um, it's easier to go online and to TikTok and Facebook and do all of this stuff. Um, you can do it for 15 minutes. Um, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to go out and buy anything. It doesn't cost you anything, really. So I think that it's the adult population that is not reading like they used to. I think that the kids are. Um, I think that um, there are some groups that are not reading so much. I have a 13-year-old grandson, and a couple of years ago, um, I'd say probably age 9, 10, my daughter realized that there were not a lot of books out there for boys at that age. There were tons of books for girls. And people were saying, well, you know, boys don't read books. And she said, no, it's that people aren't writing the kinds of books that boys want to read. You know, they, they don't want all the drama. They, they want adventure. Uh-huh. And so she actually wrote a book for my grandson. And a year ago, I read it and I said, this is fantastic. And I, I handed it to my agent, um, uh, Celeste Fine. And she thought it was great. And the result is that my daughter just got a three-book contract with, H- with uh, Simon & Schuster. And her first book comes out next fall for well, boys. That's a true muzzle tough. Now I have to ask you, did you ever hear, did you ever hear from an irate reader who, if you ever got something wrong? Oh, all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hear from irate readers, even when things aren't wrong, you know, they just... What do they, they they get snotty, they're ungrateful. How do, what do they do? Dear Rotten? How, How do they do it? Well, first of all, you know, in the Plum series, um, I have this woman who has this thing with, you know, two hot guys. And so my readers are divided in half. You know, some like um, Ranger, some like Joe Morelli. And, um, you know, if I don't have enough of one in one of the books, then I hear it. You know, why isn't there more Ranger? Um, so so I get some of that. Um, I mean, they aren't snotty. You know, they're just people who are saying, you know, you didn't satisfy my needs. Um, and then I do get people who pick out all of my mistakes and I do make mistakes. Um, in the beginning, Joe Morelli had a scar on his eyebrow and then, um, the scar kept, uh, changing sides cause I, I was sloppy and couldn't remember which eyebrow it was, you know, it's stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you keep Books. I started to. Um, this this sounds dreadful. I've been throwing out some books because I just don't have enough room for them all. You can't keep all the books you read. Yeah, I. You know, I, I've never understood that. Like, I know people who have like their walls lined with books. I know. I know. I know. They're never going to read again. I mean, how many people read a book two and three times? Nobody. Yeah. Um, so, but. I guess, you know, they're just these beloved things and part of your history. And um, I don't so much have that problem because my books are, you know, lately cookbooks. And people think that they serve some sort of purpose in my life, which, of course, they don't. But (laughs) it's just to keep me amused. Okay, but Janet Ivanovich is such a famous writer. What is your background? Where Where do you come from? How did you start? Um, my dad worked in a factory. Uh, my mom was a homemaker. 
I'm second generation American. Um, grew up in South River, New Jersey, little town, mostly, um, not maybe not mostly, but at least half immigrants. You know, certainly I was in a little immigrant pocket. And um, I'm first person in my family to graduate from college. My parents were the first to graduate from high school. And I'm the American dream. You know, I, I did it. I, the promise that America makes to people if you, you know, work hard and get lucky. You know, that's me. Listen, I believe in every single thing about America. Everything. But yeah. now, now go back. Crime fiction. Why mysteries? Why not love stories? Why not sports stories? Why, why mysteries? Well, you know, I started with romance. And, um, and I love that. But I was having a hard time getting all those pages out of just relationship. Uh, it just wasn't my thing. So little by little, I noticed that these little mysteries were creeping into my romance stories and my editors were kind of pulling them out. And um, and after, I don't know, like 12 books, I decided maybe I was in the wrong spot and uh, maybe I needed to move out of that. And and at the time, you know, um, this was this was a long time ago. This was, I don't know what, 40 years ago. And mystery um did not have all of the rules that romance had, at least the romances I was writing. You know, you couldn't cuss. Um, you had to have a certain amount of, you know, real sex involved. <clears throat> so I decided I needed to move out of the genre. And what I did was um, I made a composite of the things that I loved about romance, the positive characters, the feel-good the happy ending, and I squashed them into the Chris, the uh, mystery format and came up with the Plum series. And it just happened to be the right thing at the right time. Um, I'm a big believer in finding the hole in the marketplace. And I, I think that's what I did. I found, um, I found a spot that the reader was looking for and had not had it made available to them. You know, there were a lot of women doing crime fiction at the time with uh, female protagonists like Sue Grafton and Sarah Presky. But those women really were um, were women in men's clothing. You know, they were they were not they were not Jersey girls. I, I decided I needed to write um, about a Jersey girl. And, you know, that's what I did. And it just, you know, it worked for me. You know. I'm speaking, if anybody just tuned in, and why did you tune in late? I'm speaking to Janet Ivanovich. I went to a restaurant a while back, and one diner was sitting there actually reading your book, Top Secret 21. Do you remember that? Um, no, no okay. I never remember any of my books. I, Fine. Okay. No, this is, this is true. This is true. I dump them out of my head. I have limited capacity in my head. And so when I'm done with a book, it goes to my publisher and then it goes to the reader and it belongs to them. And I go to signings and my my fans, my readers, they know every detail about my books and I remember nothing. It's very embarrassing. 
Well, I want to tell you, Janet Ivanovich, I speak to you once every 15, 20 years, and it was great to get you on the phone and send me a book. Why should I go out and pay to read a Janet Ivanovich book when I can get it from you for free? I will send you any book you want, any time you want, <laughs> and I think we should do this more often. Okay, okay. Tell me when you're coming into town, and I'm going to call you when I go to where you are, okay? That's a deal. That's a definite deal. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Janet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy Christmas. Oh, you're Merry welcome. New Year. Yes, back at you. Okay, honey. Thanks. Bye.